completely didn't realise that I was up here first here. Um, so we're, uh, what, what I want to do is uh, is try and uh, and just uh, share through some of the things that I wanted to share through last Sunday uh, when I wasn't here. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna invite you all to my pity party here if you want to come and come and join. Uh, I'm only joking. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna put anybody else through um, my woes. Uh, been hard enough to listen to, but um. I want, to try and, I want to try and share some stuff that I wanted to do last Sunday morning, just around vision, just around uh, what we think God's just stirred uh, our hearts with for this season, um, and then we're, we're, I want to, take a, want to take a short break, allow some of that to settle, and, uh, and then we want, to, we want to launch our new series this morning as well. I'm just going to introduce it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a big pie, a big a big amount of time this morning uh, around who is my neighbour, but I want to launch. I want to launch the series this morning in preparation for next Sunday. Gareth, I'm waiting for you to give me some eye contact here. You all right for next Sunday? Good man. I uh, haven't seen him all week, so I'm just making sure that he. I don't want to announce it there, and then Gareth's stunned expression, being like, "So uh, Gareth's gonna, Gareth's gonna." Um, Take, uh, take us on a wee bit further next Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, just in case there hasn't been anybody that I've said to you, I know it's the 14th of January, but Happy New Year, and I uh, love that we're together this morning, love that we have had this opportunity to, to, to worship together already, thanks to the guys for, for doing that so well, as always. Um, I think every, I notice on social media that uh, vision is one of those things that everybody, um, it's almost like you have to do the vision talk on the first Sunday of the of the new year, and um, and if I'm being really honest, I don't want st- to start this off and then be uh, struggling to, to 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 regain your attention. But this is stuff that I find really challenging because there's a apparently there's four the, the, there's four different personality profiles and uh, and there's a certain one that that uh, categorizes categorizes them by colours. And uh, and so you have Reds who are uh, very organized, very driven. Joanne, I think, is a Red. <laughs> and you've got Yellow. The color Yellow is used to describe people who are who are dreamers, big dreamers. The next big idea. David McBride is a Yellow. Uh, you've got Blue, the, the sort of the, the attention to the to the finer details. Uh, Neville, I think, is a bit of a Blue. And uh, and then you've got green, and uh, and green is probably one of the category that I fall into, and uh, and I just want to I just want to love everybody. I just want to I just want to be everybody's friend. I want everybody to love me. I want to just like I want to. I'm just so relational, so relationally orientated uh, that that's that's just who I am. And so when it comes to the big vision, cast the vision for the next year. Share the big dream. Share the big goals. And tell us how we're going to get there. Give us the fine detail. Give us the, the organizational structure that you're going to set in place to see all of this fulfilled. I'm probably the worst person to be doing this. And, uh, but in saying all of that, uh, uh, there is a couple of things that I want to, uh, to share with you this morning that I think um, God has opened the doors for us to... to uh, to engage with what is going on today, what is going on around our our communities and across our, our world even. I was really grateful for Dad yesterday, or last week, I should say. 
Um, grateful for what he shared last Sunday morning. Grateful for him stepping in at last last uh, last minute notice. Saying all of that because I know he's probably later on today going to be listening to SoundCloud. Dad, you're the best. Thank you so much. Um, but last Sunday, last Sunday, Dad, towards the end of what he wanted to share, asked a few questions. Asked a few questions that I find that he always asks at the threshold of a new year. At the beginning of the new year, begins to ask those questions that it seemed to go very silent in the room as I listened on the SoundCloud. And it went very silent in the room that I was in as I listened to it because it's one of those questions that you can't help, whether you verbalize it or not, you can't help but make a response. You can't help but feel the, that sharp, oh, whenever you ask those questions, what storyline are you more familiar with? You're more familiar with the storyline of your favorite movie, your favorite television show, your favorite box set. You're more familiar with that storyline. You're more familiar with, with this storyline. Whose voice are you more familiar with? What voice are you more familiar with? You're more familiar with the voice of, of our newspapers, of our media. Are you more familiar with the voice of God, the call from heaven? What are you more passionate about? And the, and the more questions that he kept provoking, it, 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 it's find I get stung every time. What are you more passionate about? Are you more passionate about the things of this world or are you more passionate about the kingdom of God? And so uh, so I think as a father, I'm more grateful now for these questions than I've ever been. Because see, when, I'm in my, when, when I was in my teenage years and in my early 20s and dad was asking questions like that, did my head in. You talking about that? Stop going on about flipping soaps with you. Stop going on about movies and box sets and all of that. And I do enjoy a box set. I do enjoy a movie. But as I get older, I'm, I'm, I'm just more aware of what I'm giving my life to, what I'm giving my attention to, what I'm giving my passions to. And so when it comes to sharing vision, when it comes to trying to cast vision, I'm aware of the temptation there is to, 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 uh, to go after the, the sexy visuals to go after the catchy slogans, to go after the buzzwords and all of that. There's times where, and, I, and I've said this to Neville and David before, and others who will listen, I, 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 I find myself always struggling to avoid the temptation to go after the buzzwords, to go after the latest slogan on Google and all of that. But I've become aware that if there is no hunger, if there is no active pursuit and becoming more like Jesus, then it doesn't really matter in some ways what slogans that we use, what programs that we come up with, what visuals that we put up on the screens behind me. It doesn't matter if there's no hunger. It doesn't matter if there's no actively active pursuit in becoming more like Jesus. And I've been struck by his words once again as I as I go start again in, the, in Genesis, start again in the book of Matthew at the start of a new year, and get you only get five days into the new year before you're, you're come face to face with his words in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And in Luke chapter 11, verse, verse 9 and 10, just struck by these words this morning, ask and you will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. 
And as I read that this morning, I found myself asking the question personally, just asking myself, and I want to ask you the same, how desperate are you? How hungry are you to becoming more like Jesus, to actively pursue the things that he has called you to as an individual, but the things that he has called us to as a church? If you've been around long enough, you'll have, you'll have probably increasingly heard us use a language, use this phrase, family on mission. And as much as anything, that's what we want to be. It's beautiful on, on Christmas, and it's beautiful whenever we, people come in to visit and, 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 and tell us that it felt like home. It feels like family, and we never want to give up on that. We never want to concede that, uh, that grace that he, is, that he has given us to be family. And we want to be on mission. We want to be active. We, don't, we, we recognize the consequences of remaining passive. We look through the Gospels. We look through the story of, of, of history. We, look, we engage in this personally. And we realize the consequences of remaining passive. And so, uh, so that language becomes really important for us as we think of mission. Because overarching everything that we want to talk about this morning, we want to be a family on mission. Because we recognize, we acknowledge, we want to acknowledge this morning that we can't do anything outside of relationship. Outside of the family relationship, the brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ, we can do nothing. Anything that we have to say around vision this morning, it, it, matter, it matters nothing, goes nowhere outside of family, outside of relationship. So family is really important because we can't do anything outside of relationship. And we are on mission. We want to because we, don't, we realize that we can't do anything. We can't th- these things can't be done while remaining passive. So we're a family of mission, because we can't do anything outside of relationship, and we can't do anything while we remain passive. And so we look to Jesus. And Jesus came. Jesus came as a family on mission. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I love watching their interaction. They came as a family on mission and the heart and the prayer of Jesus as we get towards the end of the Gospels is that we would continue what he started. We would continue what, what he started. We would continue the family work. The, Paul in Second Corinthians says these lines that we love around here. Second Corinthians 5 verse 20 that we are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors, those that are calling people to reconciliation with the Father. We are the heart and the prayer of Jesus is that we would continue the family work, that we would continue the very thing that he started. And so this morning, if you, uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to look at just, it's just one verse that we want to pin so much of, uh, we want to put our, wrap our vision around this, if you want to say that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so when it comes to that temptation of going after the catchy slogan or going after the latest buzzword, I haven't given in to the temptation of that. And if you have a red letter edition of the Bible, that's what we want to be about. We want to be about the, the very thing that Jesus said. We want to give our lives to the thing, the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus called us to. And so in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is what Jesus said. And this is what we want to wrap everything, everything around what we do here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Red letters, the words of Jesus. As he, 
as he, as he was finishing his time on, the, on earth and he was being, being brought back to sit at the right hand of the Father. His closing words to the disciples, his closing words to us who have decided and decided to say yes to Jesus is that we'll wait and my Holy Spirit will come upon you and then you will be my witnesses at home, further afield and to the ends of the earth. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses, this word witnesses, it's one of the first times that it's, that it's used in the New Testament. Whenever we read it here, it's one of the first times it's used. And it's this Greek word, uh, martyrio. That's where we get our word martyr from. As we read on in the book of Acts, we come across one of the very, one of the very first witnesses that we read about is on, a, on an individual level. It's the person of Stephen. And Stephen was this witness. He truly was a martyrio. He truly was a martyr. He truly gave up his life for the sake of the gospel. He gave up his life so that the message and the words and the story of Jesus would get as far and as wide as possible. And so the vision seems quite wide this morning, but that's what we want to give our lives to. We want to be those martyrios. We want to be those witnesses that will give our very lives, that will give up all our preferences, that will give up all our own personal priorities to see the message and the name and the, the goodness of Jesus going as far and as wide as possible. I've used, I used this language a couple of Sundays ago as we came to the last Sunday of 2017 and, and I'm I still can't get away from it. I still can't get away from this phrase, this, this phrase that I used a couple of weeks ago, skin in the game. And Stephen was one of these guys. As I read through the story again of Stephen, I can't help but think this is the very, this is the very thing I was talking about. This is the very thing that I was looking for and searching for in my own life as I talked about what it looks like to have your skin in the game. And I hope that, I know this, there might be, there might be a bit of a struggle to translate this really well, but... Uh, to have skin in the game, it's a, it, it, is, it is saying that we have personally invested in the pursuit of a goal. What it's saying is that we take a risk because you have invested in something that you want to see happen. And so as we talk about vision, as we talk about the thing that we want to give our lives to this morning, we're saying that whenever you have skin in the game, the outcome matters. Like Stephen, whenever you, whenever you give it all, you decide that you're going to be this witness. You're going to be this martyrio. You're going to give your life for this thing to be done, to be involved, to be a part of this. You're going to take a risk because you've invested in something you want to see happen. You're going to be personally invested in this pursuit of the goal to see the name and the message of Jesus go to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think this is so important that when you have skin in the game, the outcome matters. The outcome matters to you when you personally invest, when you take a risk to see it fulfilled. You become engaged. And that's what I love. This, this We've talked about, David's talked about it. There's a few others have talked about this word investment. And so whenever you invest, whenever you invest, automatically you become engaged. Whenever you invest, 
you take ownership. And that's what we're wanting. We're wanting you not to take, we don't want you this morning to take ownership or to invest or to become engaged in some nice slogan or some fancy new program or some, some beautiful visuals that Paul has put together. We, we're, not, we're not asking you to give your lives to that. We're not asking you to become invested in that or to become engaged in that. We're saying that take ownership of the words of Jesus. Take ownership of the call and the message that Jesus brings to those who have said yes to him. Somebody has said these words, and I don't know who it was, but I'm just not wanting to claim it for myself. Faith is best lived when it's owned. Faith is best lived when it's owned. And so that's why the talk around investment and engagement and ownership is really important. Faith is best lived when it's owned. I don't want to embarrass David or Nicola or anybody involved in, in, in the oils or temple spa, the different things that they are engaged in. But the truth is the success of all of that is, 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 will, be, will be based on how much they take ownership of it. Anything that you're involved in. Anything that you're involved in, it, it is best lived, it is most successful whenever it is owned. And saying all of that, uh, if David, they're not even in the room, happy days, this is great, they're not in the room, but the, the concern is, is that whenever, and David, David, David's great, David loves that we keep a check on one another, the fear is that you, you take more ownership of, of that than you do even of the very thing that you've always been called to. And I think there's a warning for us in the very things that you are passionate about. Don't let go of those. Don't, don't give up on, the, on those passions and those things that you're giving your life to. But I want to challenge you that you, you, you the, very, the very words of Jesus, the very thing that should define you, should set you apart, that is what you become fully invested in. That's what you become fully engaged with. That's what you take full ownership of more than anything. And so if we're wanting to give you a verse this morning for what we want to wrap everything around at Grace Community Church, it's that we would be as witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Of course, not literally. We're not moving to Jerusalem, don't worry. But that we would be his witnesses here in Rich Hill. We'd be as witnesses in the, in the surrounding area, the surrounding counties, and to the ends of the earth. That's what we want to be, his witnesses here in the county, in the nation, and to the ends of the earth. That's what we want to give our lives to. Sounds really simple, but all of a sudden we want to, we want to ask questions. Well, how are we measuring how this is being fulfilled? How do we measure the vision? How do we measure the things that, that the very thing that God has called us all to? And so we want to ask those questions. We're gonna, I want to share some of the things that we're involved in so that you are all aware. Because the success of the things that we're a part of is determined by you taking ownership, by you taking, being engaged with. And so we want to we wanna talk about Jerusalem. And the good thing about measuring the vision, the good thing about me- being able to measure this is that there will be seasons where we can say, where, where are we a bit weak? Where, are, where do we need to address uh, areas of weakness? Where do we need to put greater attention on in this season? Do we need to put some more attention on being as witnesses here in Jerusalem? 
the answer to that question is actually is yes. Or do we need to put, or will there be a season where we need to put greater attention to the, to the things that he has called us in our Judea and Samaria? Are there times when we need to give our attention to the things that he has called us to, to the ends of the earth? The thing about this church is that we've almost, it's almost happened backwards. For most churches, most church leaders that I know that have started and set up within the community to begin in their Jerusalem, spread out to their Judea and Samaria and then go to the ends of the earth. For us, 12 or 13 years ago when Dad started the church, Pauline and Billy and, and others, it was, it was started already, we were already going to the ends of the earth. We started off as a church drop-in community church going to the ends of the earth. And over the last wee while, it's found that we've almost went the other way. We're, at, we're wanting to know about the Judea and Samaria. How do we do that better? And now it feels we're wrestling with some of this stuff. Well, it feels like we're, we're, we've got a bit of a handle on that. How do, we, how do we then come back to our Jerusalem? We're actually, if you're talking about dropping, it all started 24 years ago. And so what we're involved in in our, in our Judea and Samaria... And, uh, and again, we, we, we can talk more about this. You can ask more questions around this. But we don't want to give it a whole lot of time uh, talking um, all the finer details. But uh, one of the things we're involved in in our county is a thing called ACT. Uh, and again, we talk about ownership. If it wasn't, Ian takes on, Ian becomes engaged in that. Ian takes on ownership of that, and that becomes the success of ACT. And so we're saying this is what, this is what, People in our church are involved and engaged and are involved in the in the leading of. And so we want you to know that that's what we are a part of as we be, be his witnesses in, in our Judea and Samaria. We have Tabar. We're, we're a church that is that it will become increasingly part. We are part of the Tabar network. Uh, and, and maybe we need to spend some more time talking around what that what that means, what that looks like. But essentially, it's a, it's a church planting network that wants to see the new wells being dug across the most broken parts of Ireland. But as much as that, we want to see the old wells being redug. We want to see those old, old wells, those old, older churches, those churches rich in her- heritage, rich in tradition. We, will, we want to stand alongside them and cheer them on and see this nation being... Uh, being one for Jesus, seeing churches planted in the most broken areas, seeing young leaders, young men and women being trained up to go and lead in those places. Really passionate about being involved in, in that. And so this is what this church, this is what we're a part of. We're asking that you become engaged in this, that you would take ownership of this. Because f- for me, being on the lead team of Tabar, the success of Tabar is going to be as the churches that are engaged in this, that are a part of this, as we take ownership of that, as we invest in that, it determines how successful, I believe, this will be. We're involved, as a church, we financially support the the work of Home for Good. Home for Good is a a charity set up in England, but over the last couple of years has, uh, has made its way, thank you, Jesus, into Northern Ireland. And so the dream for Home for Good is that a home would be found for every child in care, that every child that needs a home would find a home as we uh, as we are become part of this organisation that uh, wants to see the church engage with this and wrestle through some of these things around uh, fostering and adoption.
And so as a church, we're involved in this. As a church, we're a part of this. And we want you to know that and want you to be involved in that. Um, another organization used to be in Ballyard's Castle, now down in Antrim is Storis. Um, Storis do a great work among uh, broken, dysfunctional families that have been torn apart through because of alcohol. And the guys are seeing great work, doing great work and seeing great results as they see people being recovered in Christ. And so we are a part of that. We're, invo- we're invested in that financially more than anything. But we are a part of, uh, a part of that work. And so there's some of the things that are going on in our Judea and Samaria that as a church we, are, we have a handle on, we're involved in, we are invested in, engaged with, and uh, want to continue to be involved in that. Because we're passionate. We want, to, we want to be his witnesses. We want to be his martyrios in Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth, we're so grateful for Robert and Lois. We want to acknowledge them this, uh, this morning as well. An important part of our family here. And for those who don't know, there they are. Beautiful picture of this incredible couple that truly are his witnesses to the ends of the earth. They know what it is to be his martyrios. They know what it is to give it all up. They know what it is. Stephen, Stephen's a good example, but here's another great example. Here's another example of a couple who who have their skin in the game, who have taken a risk, taken a risk and personally invested in the pursuit of a goal. The the goal being that they would uh, be an example, the hands and feet of Jesus to the most vulnerable, to the most uh, broken in in the nation of Zambia. And so we're so, I never, can never but feel proud, and it's pro- misplaced pride. But, uh, but anyway, I can't help but feel this morning as we are reminded of this couple that have given, given up everything to become engaged in being his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And so we're, in, we're just involved in, these, in their lives. We're involved in their, in their ministry financially. Uh, as well as that, don't, don't have a picture this morning, but we can get that later on. Uh, we're financially involved with an orphanage in Venezuela, and uh, and and there's it's it's horrific to hear what's going on in that nation, and and uh, and so we're we're involved as much as we can, as best as we can, in the lives of young boys and girls in an orphanage in Venezuela. And then the the, the slide already came up, but just to put it up again. Um, drop-in is a significant part of what we do around here to the ends of the earth. They're uh, incredible what God has allowed us to be a part of and, uh, and so we're grateful f- that we get to uh, get to be inextricably linked to uh, an organization that has taken the message and the love of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And, uh, and so that's, that's how we're being his witnesses, that's what we're seeing to the ends of the earth. Um, and so that's how we're going to measure this. We want, we want to be able to have, of the, have those things in place that you know that this is what we're involved in, this is how we're being as witnesses, and uh, it becomes ways of measuring where we need to give our attention to uh, in certain seasons of church life. And so the values that we have, the values that we've, we've talked about before, we want to remind you of them over here on, on my right. The, our, our values are the scripture, identity, missional, 
presence, love, everyone, every day, everywhere. And we've taken time to go through them before, and if you want to know more about our values and you're unsure of them, please, please have that conversation. But they're the, th- they're the things that we, want to, that, we, that we hold close, that we believe define us, we believe set us apart, and we want to hold tight to them as we uh, seek to see this vision fulfilled, as we seek to be as, a, as ambassadors, to be as effective witnesses in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so I finish off with these two points. I felt that they're really important last night is to just pull some of this together. Because the truth is, for every one of us this morning, every one of us is an individual, outside of who we are as church, but as an individual, Jesus, the, me- the message of Jesus, the invitation of Jesus is for every one of us to fully live. The invitation comes to us every day to fully live. He makes that invitation. He offers that invitation this morning. He offers that invitation as we wake up tomorrow. It's like he's waiting as we wake up in the morning, longing, longing that we would say yes to his invitation to fully live. Please, guys, enter in. He's longing for it. That's his heart. It's his desire that we would accept the invitation every day to fully live, but it only happens if we enter in. Never, it'll never just happen passively. It'll never just happen unintentionally. It's the invitation from Jesus more than anything. More than anything we have to say around, around vision and values and the measures of, of how we're doing. We're saying more than anything that the invitation from Jesus is, is every day to enter, to fully live. And it only happens if we enter in. And that's why... We're going, to, we're going to talk more about it on Wednesday. But we're, uh, and, and Neville will talk a wee bit more about that in the announcements. But on, uh, on Wednesday, we're going to start first, our first uh, life training around, um, around our fishing at prayer and all of that, which will become more clear as, as time goes on. But the success is based on, this, on, 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 on you entering in. It's based on you accepting the invitation to fully live, to fully enter into what, he has called us to. Another thing I felt strongly just last night was that this this idea that we become like the people we hang around with. As we start out this new year, I know that that is really important for me. It becomes a, re- a really important bit of a bit of encouragement or advice or whatever you, you want to say. Uh, but. I've just become aware that you, that the people that you hang around with, that's who you begin to look like. The people that you spend your time with, you begin to go where they're going. And, uh, and that becomes really important for us individually. And I, and, I, and I really sensed this morning, actually, that that was really important for us in our marriages. For those of us, for those that are married, or those that are in, in relationship, that there, I almost sense a certain discontentment that, the reality is you're, you're going to go. You're going to go where, you're, where your spouse is going to go. But you're frustrated with that because you want, you want your spouse to lead you into that, this idea of fully entering in. This idea of, of fully living. And so I just think there's some, there's, some, uh, there's some married couples need to have a conversation around where are we going. 
where are we going? We're on this path together. We're on this same course together. But where are we going? What are we going to give our lives to? And um, the reality is you begin to become like those you hang around with. You end up going where they're going. And that's important for us all. We just sense that, that for marriages this morning, that we need to have some really robust conversations, really healthy, robust conversations around that. Um, so that's, that's information and we snippets of what, what's going on. Uh, so we'll continue and then I'm going to come back up and I'll introduce our series uh, for 10 or 15 minutes in about 10 or 15 minutes. Is that all right?